Ah, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one half of your co-host, Blake Rufino, alongside me. I'm not going to make fun of him today, Joe DeLeon. What's up, Joe? Not much. I'm a lot less stressed out that the uh, the internet in my apartment is better than that in the Believe offices. That'll get fixed soon, but I'm just glad that we're going to get through a full show, hopefully without any any glitches. Boycott TC! <laughs> if you've ever seen Remember the Titans, he's like, boycott TC! Now, Bill, sit down. I, every time someone says that they look Spectrum, first off, terrible am, company, terrible company. The the look, I, I, I'm only one curse word I'm allowed from FC, FCC rules. Okay, they are the asshole of America. Spectrum, literal butthole, butthole and all, like Tropic Thunder bunghole, as Robert Downey Jr. would say. They're a horrible company. I'm just gonna let I, you. Know. I, I I don't know who the parent company is or who owns them or what whatever the hell. I just it's stupid that the router's right next to me. There's only a couple people in the office and the internet completely goes kaput. But I, I'm sure everyone's had their own gripes with the internet. I'm just glad that we can move past it. We can sit here and talk about something very fun today. We I'm I'm really excited to get into it with you with the uh with with some Bill O'Brien stuff. Things already started spicy this morning and things might get a little bit hotter with with what we've got coming up today. I really have a feeling that I'm going to piss a lot of people off here, Joe, with my Bill O'Brien take. Obviously, some LSU fans are mad that we're expanding the show. So, listen, let me make a formal statement because I made, I haven't made one on air. Guys, we're expanding. Get over it. Unfollow the page. I'm sorry that we're <laughs> going to talk more about college football, but we're expanding. So, as spectrum, bunkhole. That's all I got to say to you. But, yes, we do have a lot we have to talk about. Bill O'Brien going back to New England. That's obviously some big news. Who are they going to replace mm. their offense and defensive coordinator with? I think Jeremy Pruitt might be getting that D.C. job. There's some rumblings around the SEC um, that he that the SEC is quote-unquote approved. At least that's what's being uh, reported. We're not Alabama insiders. We don't know. We're just right. telling you what we hear. Uh, and obviously, there's a couple of names on the offensive coordinator circuit that, that really, I guess, Nick Saban's going after a looking Jeff Levy from – Oklahoma, which I think is going to be one of the biggest pulls if he can pull it off for Jeff to leave his alma mater to go to Alabama. But it is Alabama, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll discuss all that. Also, Matt Rule uh, is doing some interesting things uh, in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I will say, dude, they're recruiting their butts off. You got to get, they've come up to a number 25 class, they've hit the portal really well. Is Nebraska finally back on track? Uh, with their recruiting class, we if we could, if we're going to say the same thing about Dion, we might have to start using the same thing about Matt Rule. Yeah, the one thing I will say, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I'm very optimistic. I think that projecting their capabilities next season is going to be really fun. But at the same time, I am a little bit wary of committing too much faith to, to Nebraska because. Agreed. It's like Texas. It's the Texas of the Midwest where it's it's like, is, is Nebraska back? Though Look at all these recruits that they're bringing in. Look at all these athletes. Look at the coach that they just got. And then here we are uh, in a year where they might have four wins again. It's it's such a weird, weird circumstance where no matter how many times we say they're back, they might not actually be. Yeah, and it's so crazy how many games Scott Frost lost by one point or one possession, like he just can never get over the hump. Mm -hmm. They got some talent. You know, their, their leading wide receiver a season ago was Trey Palmer from LSU. They have some talent. Let's see what Matt Rule can do there. He did bring in some interesting coaching pieces. We'll, we'll get into that discussion. But as we mentioned, we got some Alabama, Bill O'Brien talk. I, I, we got to get to – Joe, I'm just going to forewarn everybody – Okay, I'm really going to piss some people off. I have a feeling that we're going to get some very mad Alabama fans with my take here tonight. We'll just have to wait and see. But before we do that, Joe, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We got some bets here tonight. My, our buddy Cam from Believe is also coming on AYS tonight that starts at 7. He'll be giving some picks uh, as well. So let's talk about our Those good friends. They're going to stink, by the way. <laughs> They are going to stick. He picked against Joe Burrow. I mean, so the uh, funny thing is one guy said, did you see the, some of the comments that Cam was getting hit with? The funniest one was some guy said, Can't, he said something to the effect that like, 
Cam's the guy that has a mirror in his shower to just shave his nipple hairs. What? It was probably what? What? Yeah, that one's creative. That one's that one's great. Look, when you piss off sports fans who are drunk and like, I mean, dude. But but before we transition to the read, by the way, I. I gotta say, I give I give Cam credit for sticking in there, but I no knew doubt. really quickly the week prior with the Stetson Bennett stuff and also with the Jaden Rashada stuff, the way that people were commenting that you can't take any of those people seriously because I had people saying that like, oh, Joe's the kid that you stuffed in the locker back in high school. Like, do you guys realize how big I am? Do you guys realize that I played college football? It's just people are just pissed off and they're looking at things to be mad about, just yelling into the void. Well, they couldn't stick me in the locker. I was always too fat. So, I mean, (laughs) so was I, you know, so it doesn't really matter. All right. So let's get to this read. We got some Alabama talk that we got to get to. We'll talk about it next. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We return in 50 seconds. Got a lot of college football to talk about next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Joe, I missed one uh, very quickly. Josh Heupel was extended, yes. got a contract extension. <clears throat> so uh, we'll we'll talk about that as well, as they obviously had probably their best season that they've had. Uh, in a really long time. All right, so, Joe, let's do this. Let's hop into this Bill O'Brien news. In case you missed it, Bill O'Brien, who was the offensive coordinator, obviously was the ex-head coach, or offensive coordinator from Alabama, was the ex-head coach of the Texans, former GM, former offensive coordinator at New England. He's going back to New England, was at Penn State for that year. Obviously, if you missed the news, I don't know how you could. He's going back to New England. Joe, normally I kick it off to you, and I think I'm just going to start there because I think I'm going to be really long-winded in what I have to say. So I kick it off to you. Are you? I guess how surprised are you that he's going back to New England? I'm not really that shocked. But I guess when you saw it hit the ticker, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, that aspect of it, you know, I wake up so much later than everybody else does because I'm on, on the West Coast. Even when I wake up at 7, I'm usually behind on the news cycle. And I woke up, and I'm getting through my day, and I'm like, oh, that's not surprising. Bill O'Brien's going back to the Patriots. I, I feel like that was impending based on their needs and the available guys that were a part of Bill O'Brien's – or not Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick's coaching tree. I think right. it's a great move for the New England Patriots. I think that Bill O'Brien is a great NFL mind, and I think that he got way ahead of himself trying to become Bill Belichick. It is so hard to build a roster and also coach that roster. And I think only one guy has done it successfully. And that one guy, Bill Belichick, hasn't done it consistently successfully. So I think now this is a great way for him to find his way back to NFL coaching. He's a really smart guy. He runs a really effective pro scheme. And I, I really do believe that the New England Patriots, under with Mac Jones leading the way next year, are going to have a resurgence. I think that they're going to pop off. Matt Patricia should not have been the guy calling the plays by a long shot. They could have gone with anybody else. Heck, Bill Belichick should have been calling the plays before Matt Patricia. But I think O'Brien, in general, this is a massive move uh, for the New England Patriots. I know that the flip side of this from the SEC perspective, it gets really complex because there's a lot of Alabama fans that hated Bill O'Brien, that really did not like him. And we're going to kind of dive into that if that hate was justified. I know that you've got a lot of supporting evidence because you sent me your one sheet or all your notes that you have on this page (laughs) with all this information that proves it was unjustified. I agree, I think, with 95% of it, but the 5%, I think, is enough to to make sense why Alabama fans were not on the same page with Bill O'Brien. 
it's not enough, though, of the 5% that what I'm about to talk about for him to want or for the fan base to want to push him out. Yeah. Okay. It's just not. So, as you mentioned, God, this is going to be a good clip. It's going to be a good clip. Where Here we you go. Fit you ready to piss people <laughs> off? Are you, are you okay with pissing people off? Are you, are you ready? It's it's all you. I don't know why you're wrapping me into this. This is you. Well, hell, you I'm just the idiot Stetson, smiling on the screen while you're talking. You said Stetson Bennett sucked ass, and then I had to hear it for three weeks. So, no, 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 no. You were reading the comments that people were coming after me for. Don't act like you had. No one said, oh, F Blake, F Blake Rafino. <laughs> they were just, everyone was coming to your, your, your side. People that I knew were like, I don't know how you did it, Blake. I don't know. Uh, uh, there was this one bozo who was like, Blake, I don't know. You sat there and, and listened to Joe say that. And it was somebody that Blaine Gilmer, I think who it was that pissed me off, but regardless, yeah. well, <laughs> true, true. Okay. So listen, obviously yeah. as Joe, as you mentioned, a lot of people that are Alabama fans and, and really not just Bama fans. Joe, I, I think that the, there was this narrative around national media too, that, I don't want to say that Bill O'Brien was in over his head or he stunk or whatever, but there was always a narrative around him. I think that that narrative started when obviously he was with the Texans. He traded DeAndre Hopkins for a packet of ketchup and a, and a peanut butter sandwich. But now, like when you look at Bill O'Brien, DeAndre Hopkins might get traded from the Cardinals. Okay. Like they're wanting to move on from him now because he's a locker room issue. That's right. two teams that have said that he's a locker room issue. That's the stigma that Bill O'Brien has to go through. But let me tell you why it's not justified for Alabama fans to want him to be fired. You ready? 2022, Alabama was fourth in scoring with 41.4 points per game. They were 11th in total offense, 477 yards per game, 18th in passing, 24th in first downs. That's just last year. In 2021, though, Joe, here, when they made the national championship, they averaged 39.9 points per game. That was six best in the country. 338 yards per game in the air. 150 yards rushing that was lead, led by Brian Robinson Jr. Over the last two years, Bryce Young, the former one of the former Heisman Trophy winners, only threw for 8,000 yards, 79 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions in that time frame. Bill O'Brien was never the problem. I don't think Alabama had a Bill O'Brien problem. I think that Alabama had a Nick Saban and disciplinary problem. Here's why. They were 126th in penalties, second worst in the SEC behind Tennessee, who had 105 total penalties or 105 rate. Alabama had 103. They were 63rd in time of possession, and they were 45th in giving up sacks. Here's another reason why it wasn't a Bill O'Brien problem and maybe more of a Nick Saban problem. In 2021, Alabama had two wide receivers that had over 75 catches. Jamison Williams had 79 catches, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. John Mechie had 96 catches, 1,142 yards, and eight touchdowns. The leading receiver this year was Jermaine Burton with only 40 catches. I think that my point is... My point in all of this is they did not have the weapons on the outside this this past season to where you can go up against a Georgia or a Tennessee to ultimately take head. But this is the ultimate reason why everybody blames Bill O'Brien and they shouldn't, and maybe why they should give some blame to Nick Saban. Two games you lost this year, LSU and Tennessee, and a third one you almost lost to, in Texas, Joe, against Texas, they had 15 penalties for 100 yards, nine penalties against LSU for 92 yards. And here's the kicker, the game that they should have never lost, Tennessee, 17 penalties for 130 yards. In those three games, they had 41 penalties for 322 total yards. You don't have a Bill O'Brien problem or you didn't have a Bill O'Brien problem. You had a Nick Saban and disciplinary problem. There's, there are times where everybody looks at Saban as the pinnacle. They should. He's the greatest college football coach of all time, but he is not above reproach. No coach, no player is above reproach. So you mean to tell me that they can continue to have these issues of penalties and time of possession, but nothing falls back on Nick Saban? That's ludicrous. Absolutely 
ludicrous, in my opinion, when you can have all these statistics and everything pointing to Bill O'Brien being a pretty damn good offensive coordinator, and you say it's his problem. Joe, giving up 332 yards and penalties in three games, let me tell you what it's not. It's not a Bill O'Brien problem. You know what else isn't a problem? Not having and recruiting the weapons on the outside. Jamison Williams and John Mechie went down. They had a wide receiver problem in 2021 national title game when those guys went down. What did they do? They were like, hey, Jermaine Burton's out here. Let's go after Jermaine Burton. Maybe he could solve the problem. He doesn't. But here is the ultimate cherry on top of all of this. Their offensive line play has been subpar at best over the last two seasons. Now, Alabama fans will come at me and scream and say, well, Blake, you scheme up to that. Scheme it to whom? Because there were times in the season that Jabari Gibbs was your best wide receiver. That's not a Bill O'Brien problem. Bill O'Brien did what he needed to do. He signed Ty Simpson. He signed uh, you, the kid from Louisiana. Why is his name from Zachary? Why is it Eli Holstein? Yeah. He signed great quarterbacks to get there. He even had to completely change offenses when Jalen Milrow entered the conversation. You don't have a Bill O'Brien coordinator problem. You have a disciplinary problem. You know who didn't have a disciplinary problem, Joe? Who? Georgia. Alabama was one of two teams in the country in the last two years to, that the total offense and total defense ranked in the top 15. Everybody looks at Georgia as what? The pinnacle. Yeah. They look as, at, at Alabama as down. The only different statistic between the both of them, I told you we were going to do this blind comparison. They are almost equal in everything that they do. Maybe not so much defensively. But offensively, Alabama has been a little bit more above them. Right, you know understandably. What, you know what the number one thing that Georgia doesn't do? They don't penalties. commit dumb penalties. Yeah. I, now, I rest my case as your boy Jim Carrey said in Liar Liar, Jordan fades back, swish, and that's the game. Your so, honor. So, Blake, I think you actually illustrate a really good argument. And I, like I said, I agree with you on, I think, 95% of that argument. And I think uh, very good points. And let's take a step back here for a second to understand maybe why Bill O'Brien was so hated he was disgracefully removed from the NFL. Everybody clowned on Bill O'Brien for all the moves that he made as the GM head coach of the Houston Texans. So it was almost a joke that he was uh, removed from the NFL as a head coach and then hired in this position. It was the the, the go-to remark of like, oh, it's the home for wayward coaches if you if you failed in your last destination. The rehabilitation center is what they he, call it, right. Exactly. So he's already coming in with a negative stigma after failing so horribly in the NFL. So there's already going to be a stigma. And I think you add into that the automatic expectation to win national championships is going to make it so hard. So the overall feeling towards Bill O'Brien, he was set up for failure. I think the reason why, because you make a really fantastic argument, I think the reason why Alabama fans didn't like him is that they already came in being worried about him. And then because he didn't win a national championship, because he didn't win those important games, that is why that they weren't satisfied with the results. So I, it makes total sense if we're just thinking from a psychological standpoint from those Alabama fans. Now, the one thing I just want to toss in there, and you, you brought it up with the recruiting. I think my concern is with the fact that who places the blame and who receives the blame for that lack of explosive talent at the receiver position. It's got to fall on Nick. It, it's got but he's the offensive coordinator. Like, he has some no, say not. in the no, quarterback coach. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Not when you get to a situation where Nick is known as the elite recruiter. And, 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 and here's another thing. Is there not a position coach? Alabama's wide receiver coach, it's, his name slips my mind. I think it's Coach Wilcox. Okay, yeah. he's the assistant head coach. Why is he not the one to blame? Now, they went out and got Aaron Anderson from Louisiana. But, they went out and got explosive yes. plays. Coordinators do not hit the road, Joe, recruiting during the bye week and during the season like the position coaches do. They just don't. I, I understand that. But at the same time, these young receivers and guys in the transfer portal. Wiggins. Uh, the, okay, sorry. Uh, you're talking about the receivers coaches, the name right. of that. These young players, these guys in the transfer portal, 
part of it, yes, is the relationship you establish with the position coaches. But at the same time, the decision comes down to getting to play with the Heisman uh, winning quarterback. And you should be there should be some appeal of the offense that you're playing in. I, I think that there still is a, a role by the offensive coordinator in those in that recruitment. To some extent, there has to have so been something. Blame, are you, you going to put more blame on Bill than you do on Nick in that regard? Because how much is Nick doing in that in, in all of sense? You think all that Nick is doing all of the recruiting of the receivers in this? I, I think here's what I know for an absolute fact: take it to the bank, take it mm -hmm. to, to Capital One if you want to, and cash that SEC check. I know for an outright fact that they have at least a two-hour period per week, if okay. not more about them going down their recruiting board, and Nick Saban is leading that meeting. Okay. So if you're not recruiting at a high level and Nick Saban's in that room and you have a wide receiver issue, it falls ultimately on your head coach. If he's going to get all the praise for winning national titles, he's got to get he's got to get the blame for not having the explosiveness. Now, yeah. they went in the portal and got Jamison Williams. They recruited uh, Mechie. They got Devonta Smith. Bill O'Brien had the least amount of weapons Wait. on the perimeter of all the coordinators. Okay. Sarkeesian, yes. Kiffin, he had the least amount of weapons that he can get the ball to than any coordinator in the last 10 years under Nick Saban. So uh, all that is absolutely true, and I think for the results that he produced with those limitations is, is very, very promising, and it deserves recognition. But at the same time, there, the, the page flips to Bill O'Brien – and then suddenly they can't recruit receivers. I just don't understand what was the turnoff. I, and I'm not saying it's him necessarily in this circumstance. But who is the one who's turning these guys off? Because it's a, it's a massive drop-off. It is a significant drop-off in star rating, in talent, in actualized talent getting onto the field. It happened when Bill O'Brien stepped in. Again, I'm not saying that that it is all 1,000% his fault, but strangely enough, it just suddenly is is. I disagree. I disagree with that because Jamison Williams comes into the fold. He came being recruited by the you know the previous coaching regime, was he not? Which was Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's been there since 2021, and, and here, yes. here you can. The only thing, Joe, that I would concede is situational play calling with Bill O'Brien. I will concede some of it. Okay, That was the other thing that I wanted to bring up because the situational play calling is problematic. And I said this to you off air when we were talking beforehand. I was perplexed by the approach in the Tennessee game and Bryce stepped up to the occasion, but the LSU game, especially where it just seemed like, hey, Bryce, you got to go win us this football game. We're going to keep throwing it first, second and third down, and hopefully we can win this game. I, I don't think that that was the the best way to set up your team for success. I get that the kid won the Heisman Trophy, but you had three capable running backs, and Jameer Gibbs at one point was brought up for a for as a as a Heisman candidate for a couple of weeks because of how good he was playing. I don't get why there were weeks where they were good enough to be top four in the country in rushing yards, and they were leaning on the you run know, game, and then suddenly they're turning away from it in these big games. It's it's strange to me, and that's the other factor to this why i understand why the frustration it, it, where the frustration is coming from with bama fans when you i, I think he, here's my ultimate conclusion for alabama okay yes i'll give you situational play calling but i also when i look at this when i look at this mm -hmm. you scored 31 points against lsu you scored 49 points was it 40 i think four, it was 52 49 that tennessee game you scored 49 points against Tennessee. You literally had 15 penalties for 100 yards against Texas. You only won by a point. At some point, you have to take other things off of Bill O'Brien that is out of his control. Joe, they ha I, I, I'll remember this vividly. They convert a first down. Alabama converts a first down, okay? But they have to go back because they have a holding call. They have to punt. LSU gets the ball. Jane Daniels goes down the field and scores. Same thing happened against Tennessee. Tennessee, in their first possession, if I'm not mistaken, if I recall correctly, they fumbled the football. Mm -hmm. And then Alabama would go down and score. My point is, is when you're averaging, Joe, offensively, they averaged 41 
0.4 points per game offensively. And you're trying to sit here and tell me, oh, it's situational play calling. It's him not recruiting. Well, Alabama's never had an issue with recruiting. Alabama is Alabama. At some point, you got to take the stigma off of him and take all the pressure off of Bill O'Brien because if, Joe, if you had an offensive coordinator that is not named Bill O'Brien, let's just call him Joe, uh, let's call him Joe Smith. Mm-hmm. If Joe Smith came to you right now in your favorite college football town and your favorite college football team, and he said, I was fourth in the country in scoring. I had a Heisman Trophy winner. We averaged 41 points. Let's just call it 42 points per game. We were close to 500 yards per game. We were equally balanced at times. My quarterback had 8,000 yards passing. Oh, by the way, he's going to miss four games in the second year. He's going to throw for 79 touchdown yards. I'm going to literally get a wide receiver that hasn't caught a pass in college football 79 catches for 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns, even though he tears his ACL and will go to Detroit. If his name wasn't Bill O'Brien, who would he be? Let me tell you what he'd be. He'd be a Broyles Award finalist. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. And see, this is where it's really hard for me to sit here and have this conversation with you is that there's parts of it that I want to sit here and talk about and dissect and agree with you. But I also want to acknowledge some of those those. Uh, complications but that's what I was saying earlier is that because of who he is is, because of his name is Bill O'Brien to rudely interrupt you answer this question because we had this Monday is Bill O'Brien better offensive coordinator than Kendall Bryles yes 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 but yes absolutely that shouldn't be a question everybody call Kendall Bryles a witch or one of the best play callers in the country, but Bill O'Brien's a dud. It's the stigma. It's the stigma because of his name and the re- and, and the negative results that he produced over the past four or five years, however long he was in Houston. I will say this to kind of uh, pivot the, the conversation a little bit. I'm a little surprised that Bill O'Brien didn't get more opportunities as a head coach in college football, unless his intention was to get back to the NFL. That would make a lot of sense to me. But for him to not be in any of those interviews – uh, to be really, uh, he was, you know, small murmurs, but to not be heavily recruited as a head coach as another at another institution, he was really good at Penn State. People forget how good uh, Penn State was for the very, very short period of time that he was there. I do believe and I do agree with you that he has been shortchanged because of the stigma and, and the, the natural feeling towards him because of the lack of results. Actually, it's not even a lack of results. The massive failure with the Houston Texans. I just don't think – I just think it's unfair for us to use – for us to use the Texans' time against him. Yeah, because I totally agree with that. I mean, we don't use the fact that Steve – you know, when Steve Sarkeesian went to Bama, he was interim OC that, that time that they played in the national title. He goes to Atlanta. We all know the story. What is Bill O'Brien worse than a guy that got drunk as a head coach that's standing on the sidelines at USC? <laughs> it's it's a good point. It's a good point. It's like why why is one guy lauded for recovering and then the other guy is is knocked because one failed at his job, the other one was recovering from a a, a mental illness. Like it, it's it's strange that one they're both they were both failures they both failed in, at where they were previously and they needed this job to get them back on their feet. What's also interesting to me as we wrap I guess this little segment up to get to who we think is going to replace him. Mm. I think the most interesting point to me in all of this is Jeff Lebby. If Jeff Lebby is going to ultimately be the guy in Tuscaloosa, buddy, he struggled. I without Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy struggled. Well, it's tough to come in and on your first year. I think that there were games at Oklahoma. TCU says hello. Well, TCU smacked the, the crap out of him. Also, I will say Dylan Gabriel was banged up at, at, at times this season. So it's 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 tough to really assess full blame there. I look, I still think that Levy's a good coach. Bill I understand Brian had Jalen Milrow who couldn't throw a forward pass and they beat AM on the road. Wait, Our let's went on the road. It was at home. Wait, let's for a second move past the Bill O'Brien thing to talk about Jeff Levy, though. Okay, I, I, th- okay. I, I just don't want to sit here and compare the two. I because <laughs> Bill O'Brien's leaving, leaving I for a you, different I opportunity. Get I get you. My point with Levy, though, there were serious roster limitations that he was dealing with 
every good offensive player hopped in the portal and dipped, and most of them went to to USC to go go with Lincoln. So it was an uphill battle for Levy, and I think some of the games and some of the offensive performances that they have they had were promising. Like their bowl game that they had at the end of the season, I thought was a really well called game, and I think that that was a kind of a glimpse of the future of what the Sooners could do in the future. I, I would go after him. It makes sense because it's a similar scheme to what Nick was used to when Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator. So it's not like he has to get used to anything new. I'm sure that Lane's probably making his case why he should hire him right now. Or he's not. I mean, we, look, Lane Kiffin is anything but a conventional guy. He's like mm. Gene Hackman in The Replacements. You he's, know, I, mean, goofball. I, I don't think Lane's – I think Lane's telling him, like, hey, he's going to have – you know. Can I stir the pot for a quick second? Sure. So uh, – I, I think that one. Oh, God. Is going where I think that you're going. Oh, my God. One, this is not the crazy one. Uh, Joe Cox is one name to consider. He's the, the tight ends coach. Uh, Nick Saban has spoken a, very highly of him. There's a lot of quotes of Nick Saban saying that he thinks he's a really bright young coach. I, I, Cliff Kingsbury is one that I think is fun, but I don't think he leaves Thailand. What, one, that, one that I didn't think of until I did some digging, and this is going to piss you off. I think that they should – oh, that was a bad don't voice track. They, they should don't hire Joe Brady. They absolutely should hire Joe Brady. Why wouldn't right. they hire Joe Brady? Joe Brady is produced, Who is his quarterback? It was Joe Burrow. He still who produced the receiver? best offense in the history who is, of college who is, football. Who is his receivers? Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Wait, and Terrace Marshall. But here's the thing. Joe Brady was not the offensive coordinator. You do know that, right? Joe Brady was not the offensive coordinator at LSU. Steve Insminger was. Here's another thing that we know. Then why did Joe Brady get credit for for doing that? Because Insminger didn't want the the Broyles Award. It should have gone to Insminger. It should have never gone to Brady. We had video evidence. So so let me take you down a little bit of a history lesson, young buck. Okay. Sadly, sadly, LSU offensive coordinator Steve Insminger, senior. Uh Uh-huh. Daughter-in-law passed away the day that they played Oklahoma in a plane crash. Okay. Okay. Carly McCord, one of the best. You know, me and my brother did some advertising things with her. Mm-hmm. An absolute blessed girl. She just was an amazing person to be around. During that game, SEC Story had a video <clears throat> camera inside the press box. Okay. Guess who never called a play? Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Steve Insminger called it. Now, I will give Brady a pass on this. Okay. They tried to fix Carolina's offense with Sam Darnold. Okay? So, I do believe that two things can be true at once. That he learned a lot at LSU. He brought different schematics to LSU, a different play style, and, and he would call some third downs. That I won't take away from him. Okay. But what I also will, will, won't give him, or will I will defend him to some extent, I don't think he was a bad offensive coordinator in Carolina. I think they tried to band-aid this thing with Sam Darnold. He had nothing. He had absolutely nothing to work with. Well, and, and the one year that they did do good, I think they were 15th in the NFL, is when they had Teddy Two Gloves, right? So, I mean, they were decent there. I just don't think, and here's another thing, okay. that Nick Saban would never hire him for. Joe Brady has made it very well known to the AYS crew and to others. He hates recruiting. Well, how much recruiting was Bill O'Brien really doing? So that's what we were talking about earlier. Does does he need to be the, the, this heavy recruiter? You think that that would turn Nick Saban off is just because of that. Cause I, I am aware of that. I knew that Joe Brady has, established that he does not like to recruit and there's a lot of people that believe that Brady will never return to the college ranks just because of that um you know the that that recruiting issue I just don't think he's gonna do it I I I, I cannot foresee him doing it. why would you pass up why would you pass up a, a, why would you pass up Miami where you're from? Why would you pass up Oregon and not give them an interview? Like he's passed up big time jobs before. Now I understand. I understand that there's a scenario where maybe Alabama is a little bit different, but here's another thing about Nick Saban. Okay. Name the offensive coordinators. He's hired. What do they all have in common? 
They all came from head coaching gigs. Joe Brady is not that. Well, so then look, if if I, I was throwing that out one that, that one out there to stir the pot, I think that it's a fun one to consider. It sounds like you hate that thought. It's not I think that I, it's not that I hate the thought. I just know it's unrealistic. It's unrealistic at this point, I should say. In well, my opinion. I will say this though, and I just want to talk about Kingsbury before we get to Hypel. I do think that Cliff Kingsbury needs to to take that job. I think that Nick needs to pick up the phone and convince him to come back because that is his only route back to becoming a head coach. No one's hiring him in the NFL. He was barely successful in college. No one is going to give him another NFL gig like what happened with Chip Kelly. So if he's going to take a year off because he thinks another job's going to pop up, he had these offensive coordinator opportunities in the NFL and he passed up on that. Those are not coming. This is the spot for him. This is how he's going to get back to it. And if look, if I'm Nick Saban, I know that some people believe, oh, the air raid doesn't work in the SEC. Cliff Kingsbury, as bad of a head coach as he is, is a really bright offensive mind. And I think that if he can learn to be a little bit more hands-off and to have less control and to learn uh, how to be more orchestrating rather than commanding like he was with Arizona and with, with Texas Tech, I think that this is the spot for him to do it. This is the move, Cliff Kingsbury. I would take Cliff Kingsbury over over Levy. Cliff Kingsbury's the great value version of Joe Brady. The only Why? difference that he has is head coaching experience. Now, here's the ultimate thought. Okay, I don't know. I, I would go. I would go. I'm going to disagree with you. I would go Jeff Levy over King uh, Cliff Kingsbury. You know, you won't, let me tell you why. I think Jeff Lebby has more of a perplexity to run the football, and I think that Alabama's got to get back to that. They're going to have a young quarterback. They're yeah. Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow. They're going to have to find a way to get back to running the football. I don't know if Cliff really wants it. And, and if Cliff doesn't want it, Saban is not the institution. Saban and Alabama is not the institution that you need to go to if you're – like. And I don't think Saban would do it either anyway because he the dude literally said, I'm going to Thailand and, and throwing my phone in the ocean. Like, it sometimes when you don't want it, maybe you do need some time off. Now, is there is there a situation where, Joe, he, will you sit here and say that there's nobody that we're talking about? Maybe. I think that they're going after Jeremy Pruitt for their D.C. hire, yeah. okay, which I think would be good for them. I just think that we've seen a pattern from Nick Saban when it comes to hiring offensive coordinators – and they all have one thing in common. They have head coaching experience. I don't know of one outside of Cliff that right now that has that. And I think that I think that I'm going to tell you something that's going to get misconstrued. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it's not what I'm trying to say. I just don't know if I, I know another way to say it. Alabama's in a very peculiar, peculiar situation. Are they going to allow? the dynasty to hang on the thread by hiring a guy like Joe Brady who may or may not want to be here or Cliff Kingsbury who may or may not want to be here. See, that's why I think it's, it, this might be really anticlimactic. I think that we're going to sit and talk about this and the debates are going to happen for the next couple of weeks until they make the hire. And it could just end up being a guy like Joe Cox. Like maybe, maybe Saban decides to go different than Joe usual. Cox, Paul's. I don't know a ton about him. He was a name when I was doing some research that was was brought up that Saban really likes him. He's the tight ends coach. I just think that that like if he could go complete opposite direction of what we're used to seeing, and he might just go with with Joe Cox. Joe Cox, you said pause, and you completely threw, <laughs> threw me off with saying his name, but it might be the anticlimactic answer to this question. I just don't. You know, you know, there's one name that's out there that we haven't mentioned, but I don't think he's going to come. Who? Pauls. Mullen. I yes, I think, I think Dan Mullen's interesting. I, I but here's the well, thing. Well, I thought I, I saw today that he's not. He, said that he wouldn't want to do it, but I. Yeah. Here's another thing though, too. Dan Mullen is is an interesting cat, and he, he sometimes these things get out go out there for more money. We'll see. Dan Mullins an interesting is a very, very interesting name, but I'm with you. I don't think he does it. All right. Yeah. Let's move forward because we only got about 10 more minutes here, Joe, before I, I got to switch over to the uh to the other show. The okay. AYS show where I'm gonna get like Cam Rogers Dude. and his 
mirror mirrored bathroom. Do, I, do you want to save? Uh, do you want to save Matt Rule for gosh. the next show? Because because I think that that's like a uh, a fun content topic. Can, yeah, yeah. Can, I don't want to rush that table. one. Yeah, we can table Matt Rule. Um, okay. I just don't know. How, I think the Heupel thing is going to go really quickly, though. So if you missed it, Josh Heupel did get an extension. If he gets fired by the time he in, in 2025, Joe, they owe him a hundred million dollars, fully guaranteed. Look, I think that this that ship's not gonna it's not gonna slow down. I think they're only gonna get better. I think it's a good thing for Josh Heupel. And here's another thing: he, the uh, athletic director at Tennessee also got extended, Danny White. Yep, he was the offensive or uh, AD, excuse me, uh, at UCF. Obviously, hiring Josh Heupel into the same position. They've been together for a long time. They know how to do these things. NIL has been a, kind of a good thing. Looks like Tennessee's not going to get popped from the Jeremy Pruitt violations. So I think that everybody's going to be good there. I think it's a good thing, man. And now here's the interesting thought that I had, Joe, that I kicked to you. Yeah. Is Josh Heupel worth Brian Kelly, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban type money? Absolutely. I, absolutely. Oh, no, from, I for, just... from the depths that they were at, and how bad they were, and then also coming off of a scandal, he takes over in his first year, and they're immediately seventh in the country in total offense with limitations and kind of figuring out who's the guy. Joe Milton was the starting quarterback when he stunk for a period of time before Hendon Hooker took over, and they really started to take off. I think he deserves a lot of credit. The big thing for me is that he goes from his first recruiting class being 17th to already moving up to eighth and going and get getting in. If you talk to any recruiting analyst, not just going off of the rankings, a lot of people will say that Nico Ayamalavea, the quarterback that they recruited, is the best quarterback in the class and just pure raw tools. If you can get him to play to his ceiling, he's going to be the best player from that class. So I think that the talent that they have attracted, how they have already quickly produced uh, such massive offensive numbers, I don't even think we're anywhere near close to the ceiling of what Tennessee could could be. And this past year, look, we, we got to be real with ourselves. If Hendon Hooker doesn't go down with an injury, they would have been at the top. They might have made the, the, the college made football. The they would have made the playoff if Hendon Hooker doesn't go down with that injury and they don't lose well, to South Carolina. Hooker was playing, and they, they were playing bad at the beginning of that game. But I do have some prospective faith to believe that they could have at least fought back into it it's all speculative but they were going to the playoff with everything that happened that was one of the biggest dominoes that opened up the randomness of the teams that made it i won't go that far because i still think that spencer rattler was clapping those dog che- those those hound those blue tick hound cheeks but what i will say is i don't i don't you almost convinced me you almost had me because let me tell you why when you cover a program like I have that's been through scandal yeah. and you get in like a Brian Kelly and you win the West, you, yeah, okay, well, and but here's the thing. You have two coaches that are making $9 million a year that have national titles, and then you have Brian Kelly, who in his first year in the SEC won the West. Hypo hasn't won anything yet. Now, well, he's won- got a really uphill battle to win – True, when the, when the true. East. But you, let me tell you what he didn't have. Okay, they started off, if I'm not mistaken, around 45 scholarship players, Bryant. But he doesn't have the skins on the wall. I guess is what I'm saying. But here's here's what I would go with this to make myself look like an idiot, even though I'm going to make this point. Okay, I don't really give two flying f's what these dudes make. If you got the money and you want to pay them, pay them. You know yes. what? I, I make this analogy all the time, Joe. I really want to go to all the local insurance companies around town and start like go on my Twitter and start reporting their salaries. Like, force this. <laughs> Joe Smith signs four-year extension worth five hundred thousand dollars. Like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> it's so crazy to me that college sports or sports in general is the only place where you can literally make a living. For just reporting about what another man makes money-wise, yeah. how dumb is that? Yeah, I always I'm the, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't really care about the money. It only becomes an issue when we start talking about the buyout because it's like, 
well, do we want a Charlie Weiss situation where we're paying a guy for the next decade and a half uh, because we got ourselves in way too deep, way too early? I will say uh, Heupel deserves the the extension way more than Jimbo did. Jimbo, that might have been the worst extension in the history of college football. It quite possibly could could be up there. It could, but you know what I think about that? So I'm not going to get into the weeds with this. And we, we got to, this is another thing we got to table. We were going to talk about best transfer portal classes. Yeah. Let's table that one too. So we'll just start the next show off with that. Unless something breaks, which I'm, uh, I'm sure there will be. Let me just say this. LSU got audited today. Not technically today, but they got audited. Okay. $95 million, $95.1 million in revenue LSU football made over the past year. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really fighting not to curse, but spare me that you fucking can't. I I, I got to do it. You fucking can't go out there and pay a dude off, Joe. If they wanted to, yeah. If LSU wanted to right now to fire Brian Kelly and give him all the money, they could do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So to me, it's like, buddy. Well, it's- okay. I think it's less of that they – it's not that they can't do it, but it's this relative you know, stinginess you, of the people paying him the boosters or the school that are like, well, I'd prefer not to have to pay somebody to not coach. I think I it's get, just – I get that. Like, I, I get that. But yeah. let's – like, and this is a whole <laughs> different topic for another day that we'll get into this whole offseason, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But, like, LSU gro- uh, grossed, I, I'm assuming. I didn't really – I'd have to go back through my notes there – right over here for the AYS show. Like, bro, 200 million and people out here, fans included, are complaining about NIL. Right. Now They're making 95 mil. Did you you see this? Now, we got to table this too. Yes. Did you see that California is trying to pass a law where it's a 50-50 revenue share? I don't think that's going to go through. I just there, well, I, I don't mean this, and I you know me, I don't like talking politics. I'm not. We're not talking politics on the show. You mean it's not going to pass in a in a very blue state like California? Well, this stupid state didn't pass gambling, so like I I just don't I don't have much faith in them to make a decision that makes sense because the I haven't lived here long enough to understand it, but just from my understanding, because of the size of the state, a lot of people forget or not really acknowledge that Los Angeles has a massive population. And then the rest of it's, it's like farmland. It's, it's mountains. It's country. Yeah, very rural. It's very rural, except once you get to San Francisco, it's a really weird state. And so it's blue in those little hubs of San Francisco and Los those Angeles. Hubs the vote though. They, they do. But part of me also thinks that a lot of the voting still doesn't, it always ends up getting stalemated because of the differences in opinions with the size of the state. California would single-handedly break college football if they did that. Oh yeah, it would. I really do believe that we would have a lot of programs fold if that happened. I think that out of sheer stubbornness, some programs would fold because they they don't want to pay players off of principle. And I also think that uh, just in general, some guys yeah, some they would owe all the players. It. Like for LSU's case, Pooh, you can put that up there. The Wilson Alexander thing. So, I mean, they would owe, as an example, LSU would owe the, every one of their athletes $100 million relatively. Yeah. You get, this is gross. They would do a net profit, but you get my drift. So, Joe, you can't do that. Like, That would be really complicated my, to figure out, yeah. It would be complicated to figure out because football is making 95 of that, you know, making half of that budget. Of, of that budget. And here's another thing, too. You'd have to have some kind of collective bargaining agreement to give a 50-50 revenue share, which the state of California hasn't even thought about. No. No, it's it's but, one of those things where it's kind of carp before the gap. Never mind. I'm, we're not going there. We're not going there. But it's carp before the horse. Yeah, but it just it, that's the kind of stuff that you know, people are like, Blake, what keeps you up tonight? And some people would say, like, well, Ukraine or COVID or whatever. You know what keeps me up at night? Stupid shit like that. <laughs> That's but, what keeps me up at night. Before we wrap, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. So the 
the nature of where this thought of not paying players comes from, it's actually really funny, the origins of it. So I've been reading this, this book on how professional football got started. And back in the 30s when it first started... They were paying them. Well, the, but the thing is, is that a lot of people were against professional football because they thought that it was against the... Uh, Don't the, say Christianity. Well, no, it was nothing about Christianity. It was against the integrity of football because football was considered to be a character building sport for young men that's what it was and so people are like why would we pay people to play football it's wrong it's it's against what what football is is representing and it's just so funny to read that that is that is quite literally why people are like well the history of the game we don't pay players it's just not right that's where that belief comes from it's just old-timey people that had a really stupid thought back in the 1930s because we think of it now Patrick Mahomes making half a billion dollars. It's like, why the hell wouldn't he deserve that much money for how much money that league is making? Yeah, true, true. But, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like, I, we'll see what happens. That'll be a fun. I'm sure we'll spend a whole hour and a half talking about that if that gets passed. Um, Just don't say it. All right. My mama said if I didn't have nothing nice to say, not to say it at all. <laughs> so, you know, my mom said that to me once, and so did the water boy's mom. So, Mr. Coach Klein said I could. Mr. Coach Klein said I could. Anyway. All right. Good show. You think Great I put all you think you think when I when we clip this and this gets all out to Twitter and YouTube that we're Bama gonna find fans, out tonight. We're gonna find uh, out tonight okay, what happens. Well, you, don't be scared. Don't. You better clip it now. Wait. Oh, wait. I am. I'm going to clip it as soon as we get off here. We're, we're okay. Well, it. well, listen. Can you yeah. wait until like eight o'clock till I get off my other show? What yes. I don't want during the AYS is hmm hmm. And yes. then when shit gets really bad, like my mama starts calling me, like, "Blake, he said you ain't got no titty nipples." Oh! <laughs> and I'm like, Mom. "Yes, I'll wait. I'll, I will. Okay. I will wait." All right. Well, you know what, Joe? I don't know if we're going live again this week. Maybe Sunday. Let me just say something. I ain't going to be live when Joe Burrow doing that nasty, stanky shit to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll let you know that right now. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll pick it. I just literally <laughs> said nasty, stanky shit. Like, it's just, <laughs> like it was supposed to be cool or something. All right. We'll see y'all maybe sometime soon. But we'll do another show in a week. Till then, yes, we'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a good night. AYS in eight minutes. Stay tuned.